knowing that when things are hard, they're not always going to be hard and pushing through things when, when it feels a little tough or feels a little scary. Because in the beginning of the pandemic, if I said, okay, well, real estate's clearly not not it right now. Let me go find something else to do. I would have missed out on a really, really fantastic time to be in the industry. One, two, three, four. Welcome to the Bold Moves How Did You Know podcast, a podcast for the naturally curious who want to define their own path. I'm Kristen Rocco, and here I'm sharing bold move stories that propelled my guests from curiosity to action. And in doing so, they've defined a path that is purposeful to them. Through these stories, I hope you'll be inspired to pursue your boldest dreams. I am so excited, you guys, to introduce you today to Courtney King. I remember you, Courtney, as Courtney Benjamin, so that took me a minute. Courtney's actually my cousin, and you are going to love hearing her story. As I was reading that intro about wanting to define your own path and getting curious, I can't think of somebody that has pursued that or navigated that more than you have, Courtney. Courtney is the founding partner of the King & Hamilton Group with Harry Norman Realtors, She, in five years in real estate and two years since she started her team, her and her business partner have already had the highest number of sold units of their office over the last two years, and they've been among the top company-wide in 2023. So to say they're killing it is an understatement. Before real estate, Courtney was working at a nonprofit teaching financial literacy to kids And then she stumbled into voice acting, and now she is in real estate, as you know. So I can't wait for her to share her story with you. This is definitely a bold move after bold move. So I know you guys are going to really love hearing from Courtney. Before we jump in, hi, Courtney. It's so good to see you. Hi, it's so good to see you, and I'm so excited to be on your podcast today. This is so exciting, and thank you so much for having me. Well, you're so welcome. I've been wanting to get you on for a long time. Thank you for being here. So I just read in the intro some different things that you tried before you made your way over to real estate. Can you talk a little bit more about those experiments, let's call them, (laughs) before you found your path today? Yeah, so it really does feel like a lot of little experiments. I love that verbiage for it. I graduated with an English uh, major and a Spanish minor. So I really had a lot of different paths before me that I could have taken. I started as a full-time writer at home and it sounded really glamorous, but the reality was I wasn't out in the world getting to socialize and talk to people, which we love. So kind of stumbled into uh, a career in the marketing side and the hands-on side of a nonprofit teaching kids financial literacy. And really enjoyed it, but didn't feel like it was necessarily my passion and realized that going in nine to five with a boss was just not my cup of tea per se. (laughs) So (laughs) called up my uh, cousin Nancy and said, your family is so creative. You have awesome jobs. What would you recommend for me? And she led me to a path of voiceover acting. And my, one of my biggest bold moves, I would say, was moving to Atlanta with very little plan, if any at all, and pursuing voice acting. And I really loved it. I still do it a bit here and there. 
but started as well as voiceover acting, working as an assistant for a realtor. And I knew nothing about real estate at the time. And I definitely was not the best assistant. (laughs) Again, that whole nine to five thing. But he actually inspired me to go into real estate. So a little over five years ago now, started real estate and really found my passion in it. And I love, you know, being able Mm. to have a flexible schedule, meet some incredible people, help a lot of people. And it's been a really fun and rewarding career. So after all my experiments, I feel like I started to find my path. You you mentioned that you started as an assistant at an office helping a realtor team, I would imagine, or at least an office. What was it about real estate that was unlike these other things that you had tried that really made you feel like this could be the path for me? So every realtor is basically a business owner, which I hadn't realized before, because you really do work for yourself and run your own business. And the idea of entrepreneurship, especially in our family, was always very encouraged. So I really liked that idea of it. And I saw how exciting the career could be. You know, you're constantly doing something new, constantly problem solving. And it's a very rewarding career overall. And it really is one of the few, I would say, careers or jobs that the harder you work, the very direct results you're seeing from your hard work. So I really liked that I felt very inspired and kind of in control of my business. I love that. You made me think about entrepreneurship because you said it, it had always kind of been around you. In what way? Like, where did you see entrepreneurship in your earlier years as you were growing up? Is that something that really helped give you a, an idea that that was a journey that you could take? So our grandmother, as you know, always encourage the idea of entrepreneurship. And honestly, your journey was so inspiring to me because you were very into your love notary business and your blog and taking bold moves, like starting your bold moves podcast and now running your your other business with marketing and everything. So, you know, that was always inspiring. And then my dad, you know, has always been a business owner. And I think I just saw a lot of it just around me in general. And then I saw the opposite too of people who did have to work those nine to fives and had to ask for time off and had to follow someone else's rules and not be able to use their creativity. So Mm -hmm. definitely kind of finding something where I have that creativity. And that was part of why I reached out to Nancy because she is a producer Mm -hmm. and she also was self-employed at the time. So I think we've been lucky to have a lot of really good examples around us. Yeah, that's a really good point. I think you need to be able to have your mind opened to an idea to know it's possible for you. And our our grandma really influenced me around the idea of entrepreneurship. But unlike you, where you had some examples of entrepreneurship, I didn't really see it for a long time. And so I felt like I was jumping off of a ledge into like the deep end of the pool, basically not really knowing which way to go because my dad worked for (laughs) IBM for 30 years. And so it was very much a stable, loyal job within a corporation. And so even though grandma talked about entrepreneurship, I didn't really know about it until I exposed myself to it a lot more and tried to find those people in my life or not even in my life, but like expand my network to know more people who were entrepreneurs to help me 
navigate that. It just reminds me of the idea that in order to navigate paths, you have to have some exposure to it to get more information and help you get through some of the uncomfortability of it. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Um, You have to really put yourself in the room with people that can either help you get there or that have already done it to see examples. I went to the Aspire Tour conference in Atlanta in December, and it was an entrepreneurial encouragement sort of conference. And Mm -hmm. it was really incredible. There were some incredible speakers. Sarah Blakely from Spanx was there. Mm -hmm. Her husband was also there and he was incredible. There were just some really, really incredible humans there and hearing so many of their paths. Most of them didn't grow up around entrepreneurs, didn't grow up Mm -hmm. seeing examples of that or thinking it was possible for them. So hearing their journey and a lot of what they call their failures, but honestly, those experiments you were talking about, it's, it's so interesting because you look at these successful people and you're like, oh, well, you must have come from this world and you must have, you know, known exactly what you were doing and you clearly succeeded. And they were like, no, I failed for like 20 years. And now here we yeah. are. It's really interesting. I also love the concept of the, these experiments that you pursued for a minute, you know, or maybe longer than that, but to see how it could make a career path including voice over acting, and then also becoming an author. Um, Those are still things that you're doing, maybe not in your professional uh, capacity, so to speak, but things that definitely ignite your creativity behind the scenes. So I guess what I'm saying is I think it's really cool that you might try things that you love and they become passions and hobbies, but there are other ways in which you make your living, right? Yeah, I think that's a great way to put it. And it's not a failure if that doesn't take off to become mm-hmm. the biggest part of your business, but it can still be enjoyable and you can still get a lot out of doing it. Totally. I talk a lot about, especially in the Bold Moves recipe episode that I did, I talked a lot about how when I was focusing way too much on one area of my life, basically my professional life, I was really strong in certain strengths of mine, but the other things that I liked, like creativity, variety, uh, things of that nature, I just wasn't getting in the professional nine to five, which is where I was investing so much of my energy that what I found when I looked more inward was I really needed to bolster these other passions of mine to come way into more balance and feel more satisfied across you know, my life and what I was doing. And I don't actually think that's talked about a lot. I think people are trying to find passion out of their career. And I think that can happen for sure. But I also think there's a lot to be said about what you do outside of your professional life that can help keep the balance in check. Yeah, I agree with that a thousand percent. So let's transition into talking about real estate. I know there's a lot of people who are interested in real estate. Real estate is a popular reality television theme. (laughs) I watch all of them, Courtney. Uh, Million Dollar Listing, all of them. Anyways, I love it. I mean, it's just so fascinating. The world looks so glamorous. They're all dressed to the nines. They're in these magnificent mansions. But I know the behind the scenes has to be a little bit different. <laughs> so, Sorry. all right, let's start. <laughs> let's start way back five, six years ago when you first moved to Atlanta. You really didn't know many people when you came to Atlanta. And please correct me if I'm wrong, but you knew me, you knew 
Nancy, of course, but, you know, really didn't have a vast network. So I'm curious, real estate really is a business of networking, right? So how did you start finding clients in those early days? That was definitely the biggest challenge because I really didn't. I mean, the two people you named were pretty much it. There were a couple of acquaintances I had, but they didn't have deep roots here either and have since moved. So it really was starting from the ground up and just building an entire network and career from scratch. So I did join a team at that time and it was helpful to help, you know, build my knowledge of real estate learn a little bit about the process. And they did connect me with a handful of people, but the majority of work was just going out and meeting people and really putting myself out there. And when you first are licensed, everyone tells you make cold calls and call anyone who has an expired listing, go memorize these scripts that when you call, you say the same thing over and over and over, go door knock. So if you're doing an open house, go to all the you know doors in the neighborhood. And I absolutely hated it. I hated it. I felt like I was intruding on these people's lives. I was selling to them. It was absolutely just not my style of business. And I spoke with my now business partner who was on that same team. And she said, well, why don't you just do it how you want to do it? And I was like, well, I don't know anybody. So she went to art school. It's very creative, has a lot of creative outlets and meets a lot of her clients through those. So she kind of sparked this idea in me to go out and do the things I love and meet people along the way. So um, shortly after that, I started a book club through a networking group. And uh, one of my first clients was from that book club. And I started going to my ceramic studio and any social event or networking event that I could go to, I went and just built genuine connections with people that eventually translated into clients, but it was working with people who saw the value in working with me, wanted to work with me instead of chasing people down with what they say, like commission breath of like, Hey, I haven't had a sale in months and I'm brand new. And you know, that sort of thing. And you and Greg trusted me when I was very, very new to help you when you were moving. So that was very much appreciated. And that was, gosh, that was like five years ago. That was right when I was brand, brand new. (laughs) Yes, you are. You are fresh, but no, you have a knack for this career for sure. You're very personable. You have a way of interacting with people that makes them feel comfortable. So we really enjoyed our experience working with you. I really did love what you had to say there about, and I think that's a big lesson where if something doesn't feel good to you, then you should really maybe think about adjusting how you do it just because other people do it one way doesn't mean it's the right way for you. You sort of have to wiggle into what your style is to feel for it to feel good. When you can figure out what your what your kind of style is on it, then you're gonna find a little bit more momentum because you're working within your true strengths and your true personality. Yeah, absolutely. And I think people just know when you're not being authentic and when you feel discomfort, Mm -hmm. it really comes off and makes them feel uncomfortable. So I really do strive to just make everyone feel comfortable, taken care of, like I'm here to help, but I'm not forcing you to do anything. And it's been really rewarding to especially help family and friends and then help their friends and family when someone has a friend or family member looking for 
a realtor, it feels, you know, so gratifying for them to say, Hey, I worked with Courtney. I really enjoyed it. So yeah, it's been, it's been a journey over the last few years, but it's, it's really worked. So. All right. You've been able to build this business up to a place where you are one of the highest producing realtor teams in all of Harry Norman. You're going on an amazing trip in just what, like two days, I think three days (laughs) down to Mexico for a company sponsored trip for their top agents. Congratulations. Thank you. What are some of the bold steps that you had to take in order to get to this level so quickly? It can be a little scary trying to put yourself out there and say, Hey, I do this and I would love to help you with it. It feels weird at first. And I've had to kind of get over that discomfort around putting myself out there that I had when I very first got into the business. And you have to just be bold. And if you hear someone say the word house, buy, rent, whatever, just pop into the conversation. <laughs> I mean, it's scary the first few times, but people appreciate knowledge and and help and expertise. So if I hear someone talking about the process of selling a home and someone says, well, what is the market doing now? Just having the confidence to pop in there and say, hey, X, Y, Z. And then I was very comfortable on my team to the point that the one I started on to the point that my business partner now, she and I were teaching classes, leading groups, really bringing in most of our own business at that point. So in my head, I knew it was probably a really good opportunity to branch out and create something of our own and work for ourselves completely. But it's also scary just fully jumping off the ledge. And I mean, in a commission-based business, you have no idea where your next paycheck is coming from. I mean, it could be tomorrow. It could be next year. You really don't have any sort of guarantee. So it was definitely nerve wracking, but the first year went great. And the second year went great and we're a good start to the third year. So just Mm -hmm. having the confidence and, and courage to just keep going with it. Yeah. Like you said, put yourself out there, right? You're always looking for a way to talk to new people about the industry. And I would assume it's not always about let me sell, like, let me be your agent, but it's more this, like, let me talk to you about what the market's doing in Atlanta and help them understand, which can then show your knowledge and then eventually lead into that business relationship. But I think there's a lot of value in, in, providing and sharing helpful information that doesn't have really anything to do with getting a new client or selling your services. It's about really genuinely approaching the conversation from a place of wanting to help them. Yeah, absolutely. You started speaking about the volatility of the real estate career, (laughs) right? Like it's so (laughs) dictated by outside factors. And we've seen this recently. I mean, There are highs, right, when interest rates are low, when it's a seller's market or a buyer, you know, whatever. But then there's things outside of your control all the time. I mean, the pandemic, for example, (laughs) inflation, high interest rates. So how do you go about navigating the unpredictability of real estate? And I would assume I'm in business for myself. I know many, many other people have to navigate unpredictability just as a as by nature of of having your own business. So what tips do you have about navigating unpredictability? 
It's definitely difficult and it, it can be really scary. I mean, I remember when the pandemic was starting and the news was basically saying, hey, the world is shutting down. And I was sitting on the couch and I looked at Carson. I said, oh my God, I need a new job. Like who in the world is going to be buying a house right now? And I don't even know if I'm allowed to go, you know, do my work. We were waiting to hear who were the essential workers. And I was very grateful that realtors were essential workers. And as it turned out, it ended up being one of the best times in the world to be a realtor (laughs) because (laughs) interest rates were, I mean, they were zero for a second there. So I remember just being totally busy and in its own way, that requires a bit of flexibility as well, going from a certain level of business that you're accustomed to, to a huge spike in the number of clients. And then of course, as interest rates rose, we saw a huge, huge downturn in the number of people in the market. So it's just kind of pivoting as much as you can, figuring out what works, but still having the consistent actions that you do and the systems that you do all the time so that you're still continuing to do those things when things are slow. And then when they spike, you have those systems in place to have things be a little manageable. But I think just knowing that when things are hard, they're not always going to be hard and pushing through things when, when it feels a little tough or feels a little scary. Because in the beginning of the pandemic, if I said, okay, well, real estate's clearly not not it right now. Let me go find something else to do. I would have missed out on a really, really fantastic time to be in the industry. When people reach out to me about going out on their own or making the transition from corporate life to consulting or or starting a business, one of the things that everybody is concerned about is the predictability aspect of things, the stability, right? And I think my top advice in those conversations are you have to get comfortable with uncertainty and actually a big thing that I focused on last year as my first year in this new consulting business was letting go of certainty, honestly, because you, it's a mindset shift. And once you can get really good at knowing that you can't, control every outcome, something in your mind switches and you're able to ride that roller coaster a little bit better because at the end of the day, there is going to be new business around the corner. Of course, we all don't have a magic wand or a window into what's next. And so your ability to be open to that roller coaster ride and not get too controlling about it is really, I think, what's going to be most helpful in in navigating those circumstances. So that's something I'm working on too. So I'm glad to hear <laughs> glad to hear that we're on the same ride and we all just kind of do the best we can in those situations when they come at us. And I don't think anyone ever perfects that 100% because something will come and yeah. it'll throw you off course and you think one thing's guaranteed and it doesn't happen and we can be great at dealing with it, but there's going to be days where it's like, "Oh man, that was hard." And even in each transaction, I could get to closing day and one of the buyers or sellers could not close and something could just happen that entirely derails it. And that basically is just open and shut. And everything I did up until that point from listing the house or shipping the house, whichever side I'm on, all of the work you do that in a normal nine to five salaried job, you would get paid for 
it's a commission based. So I could do all of those hours of work and not make money at the end of the day. I mean, you're yeah. never, ever, ever guaranteed. It's not once you have a client, it's not once you have a contract, mm. it's once you get to the closing table, like until things are signed, sealed, oh over, there is just constant uncertainty. I'm sure along the way you have learned some techniques that help you get and your clients get closer to not having that fallout at the end of the day, right? Which is another good good one. It's like the more you do it, the better you will get at starting to safeguard some of these different areas to have that a little bit more predictability of the outcome. But you have to go through it. You have to get the transaction pulled out from under you, right? It's like the rug comes out from under and you're like, oh man, that was terrible. How do I uh, minimize that from happening again? You start to kind of learn and tailor some different approaches to get a little better day by day, step by step in those instances, right? Yeah. My business nominated me to talk about putting out fires in our brokerage. We were kind of talking about having some panels of some of the high producing agents kind of giving their two cents on different topics. And she nominated me for putting out fires because my first step is always like, have your fire extinguisher ready, be prepared for all of these things and try and prevent it. But at the same time, know that when it comes up, take a step back, take a breath. When you get that horrible phone call, you just, okay, thank you for letting me know. You put the phone down, you wait, you process, try and come up with some sort of solution and then go ahead and call your client and calmly explain the situation. Because if you get panicked, you get emotional, Mm. they pick up on that energy from you and that's not helping anyone. So tell them, be fully transparent, don't downplay an issue, but also be realistic about here's what we're dealing with, here's my suggestion to solve it. And every issue has some sort of solution, whether it's ideal or not, there's always a step that can be taken. Moving maybe on somebody's bold moves goal list this year. You know, a bold move doesn't always have to be career related, right? Sometimes it's life related, you know, sometimes maybe you're not living in a place that is feels authentic to you. And you want to move, maybe it is related to a career and they're relocating for a new opportunity or to be closer to family, whatever the situation is moving really is that major life event. So I'm curious to hear your thoughts about what can make a place feel like home while they're getting settled in their next chapter. Because <laughs> moving to a different location altogether, can you can feel so uprooted and not settled. How can people start to feel a little more settled, even when things are pretty chaotic? It's a good question. And it's it's so true that it can be a very chaotic, stressful time. And they actually say it's up there with some tragedies like deaths and divorces and things like that for the stress level, because it really is just totally uprooting you from everything familiar. And there's oftentimes another component mixed in that's a major change in life. So your job just changed, you're getting married, you're getting divorced, you just had a baby or your kids just left the house to go to college. So there's so much change when it's kind of causing a change of moving. So it's a good question. I think it kind of depends what brings people comfort. So one of the things for me is definitely community. So reaching out and trying to build that community. And it's something that I try to help clients with. If 
I, I get to know these people very well along the way most of the time. So if I know they are, you know, for example, very into a hobby of ceramics, I say, you know what, there's actually an awesome ceramic studio around the corner from here. Or if they're mm-hmm. looking for a yard, I give them some tips on here's a great gardening center around the corner from your new house. I know filling your yard with all of your plants and things, is going to bring you a lot of joy or um, people have pets, getting them a closing gift that has something that ties in with their pets. So they remember kind of we're all in this together type thing. So I think it's just focusing on whatever brings each individual client that comfort. And I try to help them as much as I can to find that a little more quickly than they would have um, otherwise. See, another reason that you're a great realtor, because you help your clients get comfortable in their new surroundings and help them understand how to build that community within their new their new community. <laughs> but for other people who might be working with with realtors and moving to new locations, lean on your realtor, ask them about for their advice on things that you like to do. I have found and I know you know this way better than I do, but realtors are probably the best source to ask all of these different questions, anything from home related, but also community. I mean, so much of what you do is understanding each of the communities in the areas that you are providing those real estate services. So that's a great tip to lean on your realtor and ask, hey, where's a great yoga studio for me to check out? Or where is a dog park where I can meet some new people and play with my dog? And if we don't know, we probably know someone who knows because we do talk to people constantly and we're in these areas so often. So we can usually find out and kind of take that stress off your plate. Take one more one more thing off your plate, at least. All right. So if somebody is looking to buy a house or a property this year, it might be on somebody's bold moves list again to be a first time homeowner or to move into their forever home or to buy an investment property. So many different bold moves that relate to real estate. What is some practical advice to help get them closer to their goal? So one of the first things that I always tell people they should be doing first is connecting with a lender or a financial advisor of some sort. And just make sure you have your ducks in a row with that because it can save a lot of stress and honestly heartbreak down the road if you are thinking it's one thing and then it turns out to be something totally different. So reaching out and making sure that it's financially within your plan. And if not, it's not bad news. It just means you have a little homework to do. And these lenders and financial advisors can help you make a a plan, get a roadmap together so that you're in a better position for it in a year or two. And we have so many online resources now. We have Zillow and, you know, all of these different things that tell you, so to speak, like how much you're going to pay monthly and such, but they are not Uh always accurate. And each person is so different. So I definitely recommend connecting with people. And a realtor is a really great source for who to reach out to for that as well. Amazing. Okay, guys. So if you're looking for a new opportunity in real estate this year, get your financial ducks in a row to see what that looks like. And then you can more realistically um, find the right property for you, or you'll get some homework so that you can achieve your goal down the road. Okay, so Courtney, we've talked a lot about your career path so far, and getting into real estate, which I know you're loving. What are your eyes set on next? Uh, what's your next bold move in essence? Oh gosh, that's a big one. <laughs> <laughs> so 
So in the real estate realm, we're always stretching for the opportunity to help more people and more clients. We've talked about, does that look like growth on our team at some point? So that's always kind of an option in the back of back of our minds if we get to that place. And in life, I am actually taking almost a pause and my bold move is going to be not making changes, which is kind of counterintuitive. But over the last 10 years, I feel like my life has been one bold move Mm. after another, after another. You know, I graduated, well, I went and studied abroad. I'd never been to Europe or really outside of the country before. And I studied abroad and backpacked with complete strangers. And I moved back to Florida after I graduated school, moved up to here, started a career, started a new career, Mm. met my husband. We moved in together. COVID happened and the world shut down. And I decided to start my own business. We got engaged. We got married. We bought our condo. And part of me was like, okay, well, now the next step is buying a house because we need a yard for the dog and this and that and all of these different things. And I was like, you know what? My bold move this year is going to be to live in my life Mm -hmm. and enjoy the rewards of all of the bold moves that I've made. And I'm very proud Mm -hmm. of it. I think I've taken enough time to enjoy and reflect on all of these things Mm. I have done for myself and for the family that we have now with our little fur babies and you know just enjoying the space that we're in both physically and yeah and kind of just making the bold move to not feel pressure from society to make another bold move I love that and I so appreciate you sharing that because Bold moves don't always have to be loud and proud, right? They can be quiet. I think that is exactly the premise that I want to get across to listeners as well is this has not bold moves has nothing to do with what society expects from you or what other people around you expect from you. It's all about what you desire. And sometimes the bold moves are going to be the loud and proud moments. It's going to be starting a new business. It's going to be moving, buying a house. But then sometimes it's just going to be, I'm taking, I'm taking a month, uh, what, a year, whatever it is, to just relax and rejoice in the moments or, or the memories of those experiences that you have taken to get to where you are and really cherish them. So I really do appreciate that, Courtney. All right. My last question that I ask my guests is, what do you know about being bold today that you wish you knew earlier on? That's a great question. Let's see. (laughs) I think the idea of authenticity and doing things because I want to do them and feel it's right and that it inspires and ignites me rather than what society thinks of as success or as what your next move should be kind of, as you said, of that bold move can be defying what society or what the world expects you to do next and just doing what feels right for you and for what is going to bring you the most joy. Love it. Uh, All right, Courtney, thank you for coming on my podcast and being a part of the bold moves. How did you know community? I so appreciate it. If people are wanting to connect with you, follow you, or maybe they're looking for real estate here in Atlanta, where can they find you? So we are on Instagram. And also you can definitely feel free to email me anytime as well. My personal Instagram is 
Oh, it's a little bit long. Can we put it somewhere? <laughs> sure. Yeah, it'll go in the show notes for sure. Perfect. So we'll put my contact info in the show notes then. I'm so grateful to have been on your podcast today and had the opportunity to connect with you over this. I had so much fun. Amazing. All right, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. Please be sure to hit subscribe on this podcast so you never miss an episode. And I will see you in the next one. Bye for now. One last thing before I leave you today. I wanted to remind you to sign up for the Bold Moves Podcast Club. If you haven't yet signed up, I'm inviting you to join our community. It's so fun to see the bold moves that people are working on. Anything from finding my career path to advancing my career or finding my first job in a new specific field. Even getting more focused and I'm still deciding. Or more concrete like I'm trying to write a book this year or I'm getting alignment in my business. So whatever camp you fall into, whether you don't know what your bold move is or you have a really specific bold move in mind, I want you to come and join the Bold Moves Podcast Club. In the Podcast Club, this is a place where all of the insights from the podcast meets action. I share lessons from what we can learn from my podcast guests about being bold and from my own Bold Moves journey to empower and support you in your Bold Moves. When you sign up, right away you'll begin receiving the Bold Moves recipe. It's a three-part framework for how to make a Bold Move, and it's going to help you make leaps forward in your Bold Moves journey. Open up the show notes for this episode. Click the link for the Bold Moves Podcast Club to sign up right now. We'll